Who's our third today? Oh, we have, we got a new we got new blood coming in. Ooh. I guess I'll I'll add him. I think he should is be it, on. Is it somebody I know? I don't think so. Oh. Oh, a new person I have to test by being unnecessarily rude to. Tuesday podcast episode 353. I'm Sam Ginsberg and here is the skip it of podcasting, Tyler Dryblad. Alrighty. Hey everybody, we're skipping into another week of uh, lockdown mania, I guess. So, you know, we're going to be talking about that virus, but we're also going to be throwing it back to, I know everybody missed this. The A.B. Miller Coors or Molson Coors War, um, so that'll be fun. And what's really going to be fun is we have a new uh, guest host with us today, Jerry. First time on the show. Hey, Jerry. Hey, how's it going, Tyler? How's it going? Doing? I think we're all doing pretty well. I don't know, Jerry. Uh, before we get uh, to your beer and all that good stuff, what's your whole freaking deal? <laughs> My whole freaking deal. Uh, oh, I used to bartend at. Hop House Brewing Company, awesome. Check it out if you can. That's where I know Sam from, and Sam just introduced me to Tyler. And right now I'm chilling in Nashville for Nashville. Iowa Engineering School, which is finished. Now I'm just chilling and seeing what happens. Gotcha. Uh, okay, yeah, I was wondering where Sam knew you from. Sam is a, a loves Hop House, mentions it on the show all the time, so I'm very familiar. And um, I was in Nashville once, so you guys are practically brothers. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys, uh, were you you there when Nashville got wiped out by those tornadoes? Yeah, yeah. I I actually had some white claw that night, and we were in an Airbnb waiting to move into our new house, and I slept through it, but it was actually a block away from our Airbnb and a block away from the house we were moving into. And we, so we dodged it twice, which is really lucky. It's pretty crazy driving through it looked like in a post-apocalyptic video game. Like driving to school through it is pretty nuts. I never thought I'd see a tornado. That is pretty nuts. Destruction of one first in Tennessee and not Wisconsin. I didn't even think about it, really. Like seeing it in Tennessee, but yeah. That's pretty wild. Well, I'm glad your home didn't get obliterated, Jerry. Thank you, Tyler. This is the nicest thing he's ever said to anyone. Jerry, so as Sam put in the pre-roll, I'm... Generally, like, I like to push people when I first meet them to kind of get a sense of what they're like. But Jerry is basically just using, like, emotional, uh, what's the, is judo. it Tai Chi? Is it Judo? The one where you just absorb the energy and roll with it. And, like, I can't get a grip on him. He's all slippery. So. I mean, the, so, so this is only audio, so the listener can't see that Jerry is nude and covered in oil. Which I think, also, I think is helping yeah. him with his evasiveness. It did. He broke I out that know. good olive oil. It is, yeah. It was a it was a mixture of uh, olive oil, oregano, some salt, pepper, and a little bit of cumin. Oh, that sounds nice. That sounds nice. Do you have something nice to drink, Jerry? Yeah, I do. I do. I brought a Spring Street saison, and I've got some notes on it. It's a, oh. it's from Alabama. It kind of reminds me of it's so it's a it's a Belgian. It reminds me a little bit of Spandex Bandit from Hop House. 
Spandex so, Bandit's great. Yeah, this is pretty good. It has a little bit more of a lemon vibe instead of orange and coriander, but it's really good. It reminds me a lot of it. It's even 7.2%, which is, I believe, I thought it was, that was the same percent for Spandex Bandits from Avondale Brewing Company. It's called Spring Street Saison. It's their flagship beer. It's available all year round. So you've got the banana notes, the clove notes, a little spicy. Lemon, it's cloudy. It's really good. I highly recommend it. I've never been to Alabama, so I don't... <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's good. Uh, you you did better than a lot of uh, first-time people on the show, especially because we didn't tell you, at least I didn't tell you at all, what the format's like. But you basically did most of the things, so good job there, Jer. Um, the one thing, did you mention the ABV on that bad boy? 7-2, he said. I did not. Um, oh, yes, yes, you did. did. No, you did, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, you did. That's my bad. Okay. Oh, All right. So, seven point two Cezanne, a little clovey, uh, cloudy. You said. Yeah, it's cloudy. Um, it's got like a golden hue to it. I think they used like a house yeast and all that, and four malt varieties. I don't know the malt varieties, but they use Slovenian hops, which I did not find details on. But there's Slovenian hops in there. So this it's is probably a milder hop, I would imagine. This is so great, just like compared to uh, one of our regular guest hosts, Jed, who'll just drink and be like, yeah, this is good. It tastes like beer and um, I have to pee is about what we'll get out of him. So this is uh, is so much more thorough than we're used to. I identify with that whole peeing thing, that's for sure. (laughs) Nice. This guy pisses. Sick. All right, I'm up next. I've got Victory's Easy Ringer Locale IPA, 4.3%. I feel like um, one of the trends that's been overshadowed by, like, hazy IPAs was the, the Locale IPA trend. Um, I'm seeing Locale IPAs uh, in a bunch of different places, so I'm going to try this one. I think the only one, other one I've had was Dogfish Heads, and it was fine. It was poured with kind of a medium head that went away pretty quickly. Now it's a little bit lacy, similarly sized bubbles. Kind of a straw color. Let's see here. I get a little bit of, like, I don't know, passion fruit or something in the nose. Oh, this is much nicer than the dogfish head one. It's, uh, the, the finish is a little weak. I will say that. There's something missing there. But it's got a nice tropical taste um, uh, of fresh kind of bright burst of hops at the beginning definitely not nearly no- as noticeably like low calorie as the dogfish head one so uh pretty good so far in my opinion samuel uh yeah i have horse and dragon brewing company's sad panda coffee stout strong coffee and malt nose oh this is uh 6.8 by the way Oh, that's lovely. I um, I feel like a lot of the time, coffee beers either are so coffee that there's nothing else to them, or they aren't coffee enough, and I feel like I'm being lied to, but this is right in the middle there. Got just a hint of sweetness uh, from the malt to cut the coffee bitterness. Uh, it's really well balanced. Noise. I think I might get rid of my video, because we're chippity-chopping a little bit. Oh, it's all right on my end, but do what you got to do. Well, look at you um, with your computer made for kings. All right. <laughs> all right. 
So uh, everybody has uh, beers they enjoy, which is kind of a rarity sometimes here on Brews Day Tuesday podcast. <laughs> so that's good. That's nice. All right. So we're going to jump right into an article. What is our first article going to be? Well, let's take us back to a simpler time, a time before lockdown, when all we had to worry about was who was suing who and how far this AB InBev Molson Coors lawsuit had gotten. So, my friends, come with me to Madison.com. For this article, Anheuser-Busch wins latest court round of beer ad wars against Molson Coors. Uh, Sam, do you want to recap the long legacy that got us here? Ugh, okay. So... I don't even remember who threw the first rock. It was it was Bud Light, right? I'm going to sound stupid now cuz my memory's terrible. I think Bud Light um said something in their advertising uh indicating that Miller used corn syrup in some Super Bowl ads and that's like sort of kind of true and also it's like a like a bullshit accusation cuz they're saying hey, they use Corn, an adjunct grain. Can you believe what a bunch of scrubs they are when uh, Bud uses... Literally everybody does that? Well, not literally everybody. All the macros do. And Everybody in that category. Yeah, Bud, Bud uses rice as opposed to corn. And, like, I don't think you can make a good argument that corn is a better adjunct grain hey, hey, than Sam, rice or either way. look like a dickhead in front of Jerry, okay? All right. It's okay, Tyler. I still love you. Uh, I'm so uncomfortable by Jerry's just... <laughs> warm embrace you know jerry coming on with his good attitude in saison it's like having a second mary here yeah that's a good point have you did you hear about this boy mary i did not <laughs> you were unaware as a fine modern gentleman who's into beer you were not aware of the the war between ab inbev and molson chorus i was not this is awesome i like the knowledge is great i had no idea yeah so uh sam i think you uh you you summed it up pretty well started with that Super Bowl um, stuff, but uh, a federal appeals court apparently uh, struck down a lower court's ruling. Anheuser-Busch now, since this ruling has been struck down, can advertise and use packaging implying that its rival beers contain corn syrup. Uh, So at first it looked like Molson Coors had won because they got an injunction against AB InBev, but now that injunction has been overturned. And it sounds like this appeals court was made up of some nasty motherfuckers. Because uh, the appeals court ruled, quote, if Molson Coors does not like the sneering tone of Anheuser-Busch's ads, it can mock Bud Light in return. Litigation should not be a substitute for competition in the market. So that's the legal equivalent of yelling, world star, world star. (laughs) I mean, that's just that's just crazy. I I get what they're saying. Um. And they do say later on, like, Miller Coors kind of brought it on them, or Molson Coors kind of brought it on themselves because they use a definition of ingredients which lends itself to the kind of open interpretation that Bud Light has used. But at the same time, it's like, that seems like a slippery slope to people just straight lying. Like, if you don't like their lies, just have some better lies. I mean, I think that that's exactly what Molson Coors should do. Mostly because it'll make for good podcasting. But don't you think, like, for the betterment of society in general, they just should stop lying? Yeah, I mean, the the thing about, like, truth in advertising uh, in the States versus another place, it's, like, weird how how much lying you can get away with in ads here. And, like, 
it'll get taken off the air in England. Like there's this whole thing about um the difference between tea bags and tea temples. It's basically uh-huh. like they have a difference in shape. And I guess tea temples are better for dispersing the tea flavor. And some tea manufacturer in England had an ad saying that. And it got, like, temporarily taken down until they could scientifically prove it was correct. And then they did. And then it got back on the air. Wow. Just when you think of that compared to, like, all of the nonsense that gets spewed all the time on American TV. Like, I I mean, really, the, the right thing would be just for everything to be provably accurate if you're going to say it but that's i don't think that that's going to happen in the states in any time soon i agree um they call that uh i think they call that snake oil and like that um down here in the south i've heard the term snake oil and I, we ran into it i know this isn't beer related but in engineering like they'll try to sell you like gold instead of copper and it sounds better but copper is a better conductor than gold so they, I, I don't know they do it in audio too and i i don't know they're just upselling yeah, you to a worse product to make more money wait yeah. so people are just i i knew they used gold as a conductor but copper is really better i'm pretty sure copper is a better conductor than gold from what i learned why are they just packing precious metals into wires if it doesn't even do anything that's crazy that's it crazy is. jerry it is crazy I'm not happy. Not happy about that at all. I'm going to watch out. Apparently. I'm going to go rob a whole bunch of Radio Shacks. (laughs) Yeah, all three of them that remain. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. So, Jerry, give me, uh, other than making me uncomfortable with this this whole uh, gold wire situation, tell me what you think about this ruling. This ruling, so I'm going to be a little honest. I started, um, I had a couple pints before this started so this is all very new to me this information you had um, a couple what i had a couple pints or six oh ounce. Like, okay I, okay I had a, it's called knockout ipa by uh i think it's called like fat bottom brewery it's a pretty good ipa it's 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 fine it'll do the trick so i had a couple so of jerry's jerry's this. off his tits everybody i'm a little bit off my tits um <laughs> for sure so i mean what it sounds to me and like I'm a little bit of a conspiracist, I suppose, too. Like, when you have these these are corporations, they have a lot of money, and it's America, and they're going to say some shit. They're going to have lawyers. They're going to say some more shit. I don't know much about it at all, other than what you guys just told me. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Jerry, Jerry, I'm sorry because you've been nothing but sweet, but your opinion just now is like, yeah, man, it, it sure is what it is. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. <laughs> Jerry with All the right. ice cold take. All right. Well, you know, Jed gives about the same take, so you're still doing better than him. Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine this is not the last we're going to hear about this. I'm sure it will be appealed. Uh, but I guess, well, I don't know. But I'm sure it'll be appealed somewhere. But um, it'll go all the way to the Supreme Court, and that one beer lover, Brett Kavanaugh, can weigh in. That'll be great. He likes beer. Okay. Do you like beer? What a fucking pervo. Uh, yeah, probably. But, um, oh, excuse me. I mean, about going to the Supreme Court, not the Brett Kavanaugh's a pervo, because he definitely is. Uh, but, um, isn't it nice to, didn't everybody enjoy that throwback to a time when we could go outside and talk about this dumb Super Bowl ad? 
Yeah, that's oh, good. Okay. Nice. Good. So, Sam, I, I would I want to know more about Jerry because he's the interesting one here. Mm. But he doesn't know how to do a, a personal segment. So I'm turning to you here. Oh, boy. Show him the ropes. So, all right. So the thing is, I'm on here every week. And Jerry's never been on here. So he could tell the story from nine years ago and we wouldn't know. That's true. That's true. I uh, I got in a fight with a bush. And that it was, was very interesting and then not interesting at all. Uh, yeah. It was a tie. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, so there's this um, like shitty dead bush in the corner of my backyard. And uh, I took some like snippums to it. I don't own <laughs> an axe or a shovel. So I'm going to need at least one of those to get the roots and That's stuff crazy. out. Apparently, wild. Apparently Mitch uh, recently bought a shovel referred to as the Root Assassin. Uh, so nice. I think I'm, I'm going to need to get me one of them. But The it, Root Assassin does for some reason give off like white power assassin though. Is it because of, of the miniseries Roots? Yeah, I don't know. Something about it feels weird. Yeah. It's just to murder some roots because I want to murder the roots. Um, I'm gonna Google root assassin. Well, if it's root this white supremacist thing, there we go. Blame Mitch. So all I had was hedge <laughs> trimmers, what? and I was like just taking as many branches down as I could. And it's like this constant fight of like my arm and chest power for the squeezing versus the girth of the branch. Yeah. And in our, my most recent combat, um, we both won, and the trimmer is lost. I broke the trimmers in my hand with my mighty force. So then I just gave up. I was like, well, this bush is just still... Part of this bush is just still here now. I'll come back later with more hedge trimmers and a root assassin. <laughs> and uh, I feel like you were out there with, like, pruners or some shit. He hedge trimmers? I know, I know. I just, in my mind's eye, it's pruners. Okay, I mean, if that's what you got to do, yeah. So you have you have hedge trimmers, but you don't have a shovel. I no longer have hedge trimmers. I recently had hedge trimmers. You... <laughs> Fair. <laughs> well, I have snow uh, shovels, I'm... but I don't have, like, dirt shovels. I don't think a snow shovel is going to get the job done. No, I don't think so. It just surprises me. You don't have, like, a trowel? No, I mean, I'm not, like, a... I'm not an outdoorsman... Like you are. I'm a real white collar guy, even though I don't wear white collar to work. I usually I hire people to do <laughs> such things for me, but that's I don't, true. I forgot. I forgot about your residence on uh, Cyber City One, Jerry. As a as a former bartender who now is going to school in Nashville, I'm guessing that you, like me, um, will die fighting over some scraps in a desert once the apocalypse comes. Am I correct about that? Oh, totally. Okay, yeah. because Sam Sam will be floating around in Cyber City 1, but I just wanted to gauge where you were. Oh, yeah, I'll be fighting for some scraps for sure. Um, okay. I don't, I don't own any uh, guns or ammo, so I'll have to watch out for that, and I'll have to pick my battles. That's all right. How's your karate? Any... Pretty good? I don't know. Yeah. What was that? Do you have, uh, you have, if you don't have weapons, you must have great martial arts skills. Uh, I do. Um, I also have a... Like a, a Fender Squire base, so that that could probably do some serious damage. It's very robust. Oh, so so it's more uh, like a, having a bat, I suppose. Jerry, Jerry, you play the bass? I play the bass a little bit. Yeah, I'd have to practice so, before I would. But I, if I practice for a couple weeks, I'd be pretty good. So everybody's gonna want to stay away from you anyway. It's true. 
Okay, all right. Got him. Got him. <laughs> Are you familiar with the video game Brutal Legend? Because I never played it, but my understanding is you, uh, you're you a metal guitarist that runs around killing goblins and such with a guitar. So it sounds like you would just uh, do that. That sounds like an awesome game, and that's totally what I would be doing. I would also probably, um, if I could, I would try to barter my way out of the situation or see what I could do um, to make it, I guess... Not violent, but if it had to be violent, I would throw down um, as much as I could. Yeah, Jerry, it sounded like you were saying you were a soy boy beta cuck there for a second. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my favorite far right insult. I think I like that. Hey, yeah, speaking of really funny, speaking of uh, people that the far right hates, um, yeah. Should we talk at all about Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, my my pre-show beverage instead of my customary whiskey uh, was a tequila today. Yes, today is Cinco de Mayo, apparently. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think I did anything special today. I can't quite remember. I'm sure I'll have a lot to say about what I did today in the next episode. But I feel like I probably just, like, worked and then drank some beer after work like I normally do. Played Dominion. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. I played Dominion. Absolutely. What did you do uh, today, Sam? For Cinco de Mayo? Yeah. Uh, probably drank tequila and ate tacos. Yeah. That sounds good. How about That's you, Jerry? Awesome. Jerry, what did you do today for Cinco de Mayo? Well, I unknowingly did make some eggs, uh... My uh, girlfriend doesn't like uh, spicy as much, but on mine, I put sriracha and cilantro on a little egg breakfast, and then um, we went and got some beer. We uh, were setting up a few things in our house, just, you know, some normal shit. I was trying to set up some speakers, but we had a, uh, a storm come through, so I wasn't trying to deal with any surge of electricity or anything while I'm setting up speakers. So yeah, just kind of chilling, and then I've had the honor to be on this podcast been a pretty easy going day so just to be clear to celebrate uh a mexican holiday <laughs> yeah uh you yeah. you used a japanese hot sauce i did <laughs> yeah i did with cilantro though it's kind of a fusion okay yeah it's fusion all right Sam, I'm, I'm glad you got that one because i didn't want to go in again you know but i was willing to the thing is, Jerry's uh, never going to come at us, and it's right. only going to make me feel worse. There's nothing no, he no. could say that would make me feel as bad as the fact that he won't be mean to me. <laughs> I, I might have been born yesterday, and it was also during the night. I know some people say, but it wasn't during the night. That's kind of like a, a thing. But no, I'm a little, you know, I'm an, I can be an easy target. I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, it's funny. Then it might be good to make sure that you're aware that... Just to part the curtain here, it's not it's not Cinco de Mayo. This episode will be released on Cinco de Mayo, so we like to pretend that it's recorded on the day it's released, but it's not. So, like, it's still the third. That's fair. All right, cool. That's fair. So on Cinco de Mayo, I'll make sure to use um, maybe some salsa instead of sriracha, <laughs> just for everyone who's listening today. Yeah, huevos, huevos rancheros, rancheros, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Redemption. All right. Uh, well, a lot of people during this uh, COVID crisis apparently are liking cheaper, lighter beer. 
That's according to Forbes.com with this article, Consumers Switched to Cheaper, Lighter Beer During COVID-19. Sam and I have been talking, just like in our free time because we're buds, about how we've certainly been drinking a little bit more during this time. I don't think that my beer buying pattern has really changed that much. Like, I'm not buying different beers. Sam, do you find that you're buying different beers? So, like, in an effort to not leave my home, I haven't gone out to buy stuff much at all. I made one hop house run, and I was the only one in there with a mask. I couldn't believe it. But other than that, I have, like, um, I have a beer of the week club, essentially. Uh, that's actually where I got um, Horse and Dragon Sad Panda coffee stuff from. And other than that, I've been drinking more hard alcohol. That's, like, been my main booze shift is I have less of a beer influx, so I've been rationing that and drinking, like, the liquor that I have that I'm not sure what to do with. So, like, uh, drinking a lot of avalanches. And uh, soon I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get into the Zwack, I think, just because. What is a Zwack? What is yeah? Zwack is a digestive. It's an after dinner drink. But it's uh-huh. like thirty percent alcohol, and it tastes okay. Oh. So like that's the type of shit that I just have a bunch of in my basement. That sounds like an adult decision right there. Yeah, I <laughs> generally find that drinking, uh, schlop is an adult decision. So, uh, Jeremiah, what about you? I've been, uh, um, we got a little lucky. We, um, the lady works at, um, a clean juice place where they press cold juices and she's met up with a, a new store that sells alcohol to maybe do some mixers. So he's been oh. sending her home with some free stuff. Like we had some, uh, I'd never had Pisco before, but that was pretty cool. It's kind of like tequila, but it's also kind of like vodka and rum. So... It's really weird. Try if you see that uh, pisco. Is that a brand or is that like a type? I think it's a type of alcohol. Interesting. I've never heard of it. Yeah, check it. Check it out. It's really good. Otherwise, um, uh, they have Yingling down here, so I got like a twenty-four pack for like twelve dollars. You know, just that's a good deal. Um, otherwise, you know, we'll we'll try some new stuff out. So we've gotten lucky meeting that liquor store owner who's been sending us home some goodies. Like really awesome hookup there. So, neither of you, I mean, you're not switching the beers you're buying. You're just drinking more liquor, it sounds like. I definitely am. All right. That's not what this article says, so (laughs) fuck you. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, so there have been some uh, increases in particular beers, um, and so we're going to go through the list. Bush Light has seen a 44.4% increase in its sales. Miller Lite, 17.2%, Michelob Ultra, 15.9%, Natty, 14%, Modelo, 7.4%, Miller High Life, 7%, Bud Light, 5.8%, Seagram's Escapes, 5.7%, New Belgium, or yeah, New Belgium, 45 and Goose Island, 3.4%. What are our stats on Corona? That's what I'm interested in. The Rona? I don't see the Rona on here. Okay. I feel like it's almost like a, like an economic buy. It seems like a lot of the, I mean, you just stated a lot of the cheaper beers are being bought more. And I think a lot of the population might not save as much money. You know, I think that's a thing. Um, So when all this happened, some people got hit, some people didn't kind of depended where you were working or what industry you were in. So I think, yeah, people are probably buying the cheaper stuff right now. 
and it's good that they're buying it because that means they can't be in the worst place possible. Like they're still enjoying um, some of the qualities of life, be it a little cheaper. I think Bush Light's forty-four percent increase in sales is really interesting. That's like a lot. Is That's Bush just the cheapest of the cheap? Could be. I think like Bush and Natty Light. I guess the shit we drank in college is probably the cheapest of the cheap. What the beast? I I mean yeah I mean the beast I don't I don't know if you can get that everywhere as opposed to Bush which you can. Bush uh, is bad though man. It is quite rough. I remember when I worked at Roth School Tavern there was a there was a dude who after work would do the same thing every day. He would come in and get a double shot of whiskey and uh and a tall boy of Bush Light. And because it wasn't, they they didn't do retail sales. It was, you know, it was a can, but they had to crack it. And uh, he would say he was going out for a smoke and then just leave. And he did it every day. So he must have been driving home with an open beer in his car. And I guess that's just something we were okay with because he was a regular. <laughs> that's pretty wild. Those those are all of my Bush thoughts. I don't have anything else for you. (laughs) That article sucked pretty bad. All right, all right, cool, (laughs) great, awesome, awesome. Got nothing else to say about that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I am curious as to what, like, the cost of all those beers are. It's kind of nice to see New Belgium. You know, New Belgium isn't nearly the craft, you know, it's not the craftiest craft beer out there. But, like, it holds a place in my heart because I drank a lot of it when I was moving into liking craft beers. So that's nice. That was surprising to hear in the group, honestly. Like, that one was kind of... Stands like, out a little. Took out, like, yeah, took out. I'm also kind of surprised that the Seagram's malt beverage is in there instead of, like, a malt beverage like White Claw. Or that's not a really a malt beverage. That's a sparkling soda, but whatever. I mean, maybe... Maybe it's not doing as well. It might just be that they were listing the ones that had the biggest spikes. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure you're right. I'm just surprised because I didn't hear uh, Seagram's all the time during the summer. I heard White Claw. Maybe Seagram's is cheaper. It it could also be that uh, they've had, like, manufacturing difficulties, and those manufacturing difficulties have led to either uh, shorter supplies, which we heard about with White Claw over the summer, or... Those difficulties could have led to more expenses, which means higher prices, which leads to fewer purchases. Yeah, all of that is possible. Those two econ classes I took 10 years ago are really paying off. That's awesome. I don't remember much from my econ classes. Hey, do do either of you guys know anything about, like, online banks? No. Okay. Do you have a follow-up? Well, because, like... (laughs) I want to put I, I have the account I have my money in right now does not uh, give me that much interest, and I was looking at better interest uh, yields, and like the best are all online banks, but I don't know anything about them, and I'm like too much of a 1900s person to fully trust things on the cloud or whatever. So I was just wondering if you guys knew anything about it. Your money's in the cloud anyway. It doesn't matter whether you're at a brick-and-mortar place or online. All right. That's super cool. Like, if if a super rich person went to a bank and said, I want to withdraw all my money, they'd be like, 
we can give you some, but we ain't got it yeah. all here. Well, Sam, that's not going to be a problem for me. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, if your if your assumption is that every dollar you put in your bank is in a vault somewhere, then you're a demi. No, yeah, I get it. I just so like it doesn't matter. Like, if your concern is it's ones and zeros, it's already ones and zeros. That's no change if you switch to an online bank. All right. Yeah, I guess if they're like a reputable business and like they are to be trusted and all that, I'm not sure why their interest rates interest rates would be lower or higher. But I would, apparently, I it's because they don't have the cost of brick and um, mortar locations. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. That's very yeah. Cool. I'm interested. Yeah. Well. Well, look it up and get back to me, Jerry, because I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do exactly. Okay, I definitely will. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, dude. It's I like one point seven, one point seven percent APY. That's nothing to sneeze at. It's just. It's such a shame how low interest rates are, as compared to like, uh, I don't know, mortgage payment interests. It's <laughs> just every every bill I pay. It's like I'm pretty sure more of that went to interest in the principal. I don't know how I'm ever supposed to finish this fucking thing. You're not. Yeah, I should sell this piece of shit house. <laughs> Fucking half destroyed bush in the backyard. Fuck this place. <laughs> hey, I've always wanted to destroy a half destroyed bush. So maybe in a couple years, hit me up if you're still looking to sell. You ever, uh, you ever, you ever date a girl who does her own? Uh, oh, uh, I hate this uh, joke already. You don't have to make this. You can, you can pull up now. You can pull up now and say you didn't make the joke. <laughs> As long as I'm in your head, I feel like I won. Okay, so great. We're done here. Okay. I have a side question, if that's okay. Yeah. I'm is it about curious. pubic hair? It is. <laughs> oh. Um, no, no, it's not. That's, um, that's my next question. But my first question was, um, what kind of tequila were you drinking, Sam? You said you had some tequila. Oh, yeah. Go back to 10 minutes ago, Jerry. <laughs> got in his time machine, went back in time. Uh. Yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing fancy. It's just uh, Jose. Jose Cuervo. Yeah, I mean, I don't like have a, a sophisticated palate for tequila. I don't really have a sophisticated palate for most stuff. I'm like getting there on whiskey. Awesome. But I I don't for tequila, and I'm just okay with that. Like, sure. I um destroyed a lime into it. Oh yeah. Like smush a lime put some ice in there and some middle shelf tequila and i think it tastes good so like i don't feel any need to develop past that can i throw you uh okay you weren't using triple sec which is awesome it sounds like i don't have any triple sec that's cool no i like that so you're pretty much just enjoying uh the the taste of tequila and you're making a little get add a little citrus of the lime yeah make it a little easier with some ice that's awesome I've never been a fan of. I'm not a huge margarita guy. I love margaritas, but I can't have more than like one because they're so sugary. Yeah. And all that. So that that triple sex a little sweet too. So um, I think some tequila on the rocks is really good. So that that's awesome, man. I don't really have a huge. Uh, I'm not an expert on tequila, um, at all. But yeah. Now, uh, Jerry, your... what? Jerry, what are you an expert in? What am I an expert in? Um, pubic hair. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> this guy's full of surprises. No, probably like uh, 
if I were to be an expert in something, it would probably be um, like songwriting or um, matching a pitch with my ear. That's about it. Or or like uh, talking to people. But if I'm if I'm sober, if I'm drinking, it get you know you get a little bit of the you get a little bit of the other things flowing around in your brain. Where you know like uh, whether it's I guess just being a little slower or maybe an insecurity or something like that. But yeah, I'd say communication or songwriting. Yeah, Jerry, we haven't even delved into this rich vein of you uh, going to the Schville to be a huge popular artist one day. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good. Um, I kind of, so I got more into like uh, the technical side of it, like kind of like, so it's, it was kind of similar to bartending. So like audio engineering, I'm serving, I would be serving artists. So it helps that I did the songwriting thing and I liked that a lot, but like, it's kind of like you're serving or bartending to an artist, but you also have to be able to troubleshoot and know the physics of like a microphone or um, how frequencies travel in different environments. But so you're going to be, you're going to be a producer. I could be. Hell yeah. Um, I, I, I like it a lot for fun. So um, I could end up anywhere. Like I, I still serve in restaurants. I'll probably always serve and bartend. And I like to keep um, some of the songwriting or engineering yeah, a special place in my heart for that. So like I might do it. It's very competitive and it holds a special place in my heart. So I don't really want it to be a, to ever feel like I'm wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, sign this do that send that off so i'm not sure how much i will do i guess as a career i it would have to develop organically from having fun so we'll see oh. what happens but i so who knows you know i don't know i'm, I'm 30 i've got to get some uh some other stuff going too um <laughs> you old bitch i know i know <laughs> tyler and i both turned 30 in the next few weeks so yeah. we, we got to get our late 20s jabs in now that's fair get out there well, that's fascinating, Jerry. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say, but you you seem like a man with depth. So, with that said, let's move on to our last article, am I right? <laughs> yeah, man. Great transition, as always. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, Jerry seems like a man with depth. I'll tell you, though, uh, we have an article about some dude who does not seem like a man with depth. So, let's go to uh-huh. newcentermain.com. Maine Governor Janet Mills administration revokes Sunday River Brewing Co. license. Owner closes restaurant. So uh, this is more about that virus. Um, Up in Maine, the governor uh, had issued some orders about closing businesses um, and trying to uh, slow down the spread of the Rona. And some dude named Rick Savage uh, is a total idiot and was like, hell no, you can't tell me to close down my tap house or restaurant or whatever the fuck he owned and then the governor was like actually we can and um so he opened up and uh agents of the the what were they here exactly to somebody i don't know who are the food people fda yeah fda i don't know if it was the fda but it was somebody sure (laughs) and somebody's gonna do it (laughs) yes uh the agriculture board Oh, health and liquor license inspectors. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking the. I was actually thinking of ATF. I think. Also wrong. Yes, correct. 
But um, so he opened up, and they were there as soon as he opened up, and they were like, psych, and pulled his licenses. Sure. And so, and so then he ended up closing, like he would have been if he had just closed. <laughs> so, so the thing is that this is a this is a masterstroke by this dumbass, which is a weird sentence, but uh, because we're talking about his dumb dumbass, kind of, but more because. Um, people really rallied around him the you know those those types of people that are uh, out there protesting think oh this guy's uh this guy's great this guy's for the cause can you believe the government shut him down and i assume that as soon as he's able to reopen he's earned so much goodwill with these people that he's going to have a bunch of um lifelong supporters I wonder how what reopening is going to look like for him, though, if his licenses were pulled. I'm assuming he'll get them back. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think um, he, there was probably a fine, and then after the fine, you probably have to just pay for whatever it was to get your license again. So it's probably just spending some money. So he got double fined. Yeah, he got fined, and then probably to reinstate there was probably a payment and whatever you had to do, take a test or, or pay the money. So this is or pretty, football. so everything about this is pretty dumb, huh? Unless uh, the revenue he generates from this stunt uh, overshadows uh, those fines and stuff, which probably it would, uh, like, if my theory is correct. It does say about, um, it says somewhere, this isn't a lunch rush, this is, a protest and like i guess i don't know how many of these people are going to be as passionate about this when uh i don't even want to project a date we'll say a year from now maybe when this is all completely open and we're all back to normal i think some of these people are going to still have a fondness for this place i think some of them probably will stop caring but you know if you have say 50 regulars that generates a lot of revenue. I guess, yeah. It just it it's dumb that he did this, and now from what the Jer Bear is telling me, it's dumb that this fine isn't really gonna do that much. So now I'm just unhappy all around. Well that's good. That's what the show's supposed to do. Uh, I am so unhappy right now as well. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that at least. I mean honestly it's super great. Uh, uh, Tyler, you're awesome. I don't know you super well, but it's super good to see Sam. I'm actually completely fucking happy right now, if I'm being honest. But for the sake of the show, I'm completely unhappy. All right, all right. I appreciate that. I guess I have to talk about me now. Uh, My turn as a total star continues. I'm in another video, Samuel. Great. Uh, is Is it two seconds of you talking to people who are obviously bored again? There were no people there, so I don't know how you can say they're obviously bored. You can tell. That's that's really rude. Well, uh, the answer is kind of. This time it's like five minutes of me talking to people I guess you would say are bored. I'm going to put it in the chat just for your edification. Okay. You can watch like, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. Let me pull it up. So, Jerry, just for your uh, own background, I work for Delaware State Parks. And um, for some reason, I'm in, like, a bunch of brochures and videos and shit like that. And now I'm in another one. What do you mean for some reason? It's because the whole state of Delaware is fucking ugly. (laughs) So you're as good as they can do. 
Thank you. That's awesome, man. Thank I don't you. know if I can handle that. I appreciate that's, it. That's incredible, though. That sounds like that's good work done. I don't think it, it's just it's just very silly. Like, I don't really take it seriously at all. I just think it's weird that for some reason they were like, yeah, Tyler can do all these interviews. And I'm like, okay, I guess. But um, I also enjoy how much Sam does not care about them. So I like <laughs> sharing them with him every time they come up. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I've opened up the link. I'm not going to do it right now, but I'm going to watch that after this is all done. Oh, I'm watching it right now. So far, I'm, I'm 11 seconds in. No Tyler to speak of. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> Oh, there he is. No, he comes in actually pretty early. I talked a bunch of shit. He comes in around 20 seconds in. Um, hey, I'm not going away, baby. Hey, Chucklefuck. Uh, how come your hoodie don't got no strings? What are you, some kind of idiot? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because I work with dangerous equipment, and I don't want to get pulled into, like, gears or, like, the guns that I fire and shit. So I took the strings out. And now, did this director tell you to talk more with your hands because this is the most i've ever seen you talk with your hands in 12 years of knowing you okay so that's part of my um it took a public speaking class over the summer no (laughs) wow you don't know it i think you're trying to be nice but you're actually being super hurtful jerry (laughs) (laughs) i was rolling Um, the dice there yeah 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 no, so uh, part of so part of what I do at Delaware State Parks, I'm um, the interpretive programs manager at a World War II site. Oh. So I like, if you've ever gone to a museum or uh, a park and somebody's been doing like programming, I'm in charge for all, I'm in charge of all that. Shit. No one knows what you say when you say programming. That's a term that like, you think people know and they don't. Like, are they having like a some like a talk at a campfire? That's me. You know, are they doing tours? That's me. Bike stuff? That's me. Are you canoeing around? That's me. Um, He's a canoe. He just, he lies perfectly still and people sit in him. I'm sorry, what was that, Jerry? Some idiot was talking. (laughs) I was wondering, do you use like a, so are you using dashes or spaces? Is that the programming thing? I saw. I watched an episode of Silicon Valley where they talked about this. That. This sucks. I hate this. Um, uh, you you <laughs> meant you meant tabs or spaces, by the way. Since you've, okay. you we've pivoted to software discussion, I can chime in here. Thank you. Thank you. So tab button dashes are not dashes. So, no one uses like, dashes. It doesn't make sense. I like it. so a lot of a lot of what I do is like tour guiding stuff, and so I've developed this talking with my hands thing. That's just something I do on my tours. The director did not ask for it. Okay. And uh, I will probably watch this with the audio on at some point. But you're just talking about, like, yo, this missile's wild, dog. Check it out. That's what you're doing here? Uh, it's a gun, but yeah, basically. You would put a missile in it, and it would be wild, dog. Check nope, it out. Nope, nope. Why not- would you put a missile in a gun? It's 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 so big. What do you put in there? A big-ass bullet? <laughs> like a, maybe a yeah. gnome? It's called it's called the tech the technical word is shell or shot. Okay. Uh, so you put it in a shell and the shell has a gnome in it and you blast that. Yeah, dude. Cool. Uh, you ever fuck this thing? I wish it's twelve inches in diameter. Yeah, what's your problem? Also gotta what's... take it to a sushi dinner first. What? It's complicated right now. <laughs> Jerry, you're weird, man. I hope you come back on. We gotta get to the bottom of what you're up to. <laughs> Jerry, I hope you come back on having drank exactly as much as you have tonight. Because this is this is fun. This is fun for me. 
Well, I'm just happy to be here. You guys are great for I having can... me. It's awesome to meet you, Tyler, once again. I don't know if I've, I've probably said that twice because my mom raised me well, but <laughs> it is nice to have met you. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So, uh, yeah, on that high note, maybe we should uh, end this and rate our beers. The way this goes, Jerry, is yes. you remind everybody what beer you had. Sure. Um, you give your overall final opinion of it, and then you assign it a rating, uh, one out of ten, and you can go to the the uh, the first decimal point. Okay. And then and then say um, either a person or a group of people you might recommend it to. Tyler, do you want to do it first just to um, show them how a okay, pro does yeah, it? Okay, sure. I'll, I'll demo it, sure. Perfect. So I had um, Victory's Easy Ringer Locale IPA, 4.3% ABV. I thought this was pretty good. It had some sort of uh, like tropical fruit flavor in there. I don't know if it was passion fruit or like as I keep drinking, drinking it, like lychee comes to mind. But it was something like that. It was pretty tasty. Uh, like I said, the back end was a little bit weak, but um, much more full-bodied than some of the other locale IPAs I've had. So I'm going to give this, I think I'll give it a six, and I'll recommend this to people who are health conscious, question mark? I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty good. but Maybe like, people really who, about... if you watch their, for instance, um, videos on Facebook, you can see they have a little bit of a beer gut developing, that type of people. <laughs> I totally do. Oh man, there's a side shot, and I'm just like pooching out all over the place. It's really great. Side shot. Look uh, at you, fancy but, uh, boy, yeah. using all these industry terms. Oh man. So when when that disc or uh, fucking whatever channel show was filming me, did I tell you I got to put on that helmet that let me see through the drone's eye? No. What? Well, of course I didn't tell you about it, Jerry. Come on, man. <laughs> That's badass. It was badass. It's like they were filming with a drone, and they have this helmet you can put on so the director can, like, get the shot. You know what I mean? Sure. Super fucking cool. So, yeah, I'm in the industry, Sam. Okay. Me and my big-ass belly are in the industry. Uh, So, yeah, 6% recommended to, I guess, my own fat ass. Great. Uh, Jerry, do you want to go next? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, My medium fat ass had... uh... (laughs) I mean, it's fat. It's pretty fat. It's thick. I've got the uh, Avondale Brewing Company. Um, God, what is, it's from Alabama. Avondale Brewing Company. Spring Street Saison. Um, it's Belgian. You've got the, the spicy. You've got the lemon. I'm, I think I'm going to give it. This is tough. I'm going to. I got to take a sip. That's where I'm, I'm going to give that a 7.3. Um, I, I recommend it to anyone. Um, well, it's Belgian, first of all, but like I feel like. That's like a niche crowd, but it doesn't need to be. Oh, no, it is. I'm all about that Belgian shit. Yeah, pump it out there. It's so good. Like, if you're in a bikini or a bathing suit, hanging out in your sprinkler or whatever you're doing, because it's corona, like, you've got to pop one of these open for sure. Like, it's really good. It's really refreshing. Nice hot day. That's that's all I got. That took such a hard left, and I'm still all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Man, we were talking about how you're like Mary earlier, and Mary's favorite uh, beers are saisons too. So um, I'll have to I'll have to let her know that someone's coming for her spot. I don't want to do that to Mary, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I had Horse and Dragons Sad Panda Coffee Stout. Um, I'm always stuck in the middle between when I have a beer that's uh, just like 
really well executed, but also sort of boring. Uh, like this is this seems like exactly what they wanted to do, and it's like maybe the platonic ideal of a coffee stout, <laughs> but at the same time, like I don't know, coffee stout really? That's all you got? So I'll I'll rate this its ABV six point eight, and I would recommend this to anyone who likes coffee or dark beers. It's a great example of the style. It's just a style that doesn't thrill me. Sure. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, Jerry, very nice to meet you and have you on. You as well, Tyler. Um, Sam, do you know what you're drinking next week? I do. Uh, in contrast to this normal beer, I'm having a weird beer. I think it's, uh, if I remember correctly, Belgian chocolate and Belgian waffle flavored. Ooh. Oh my God. So we'll see how that awesome. goes. It does sound good. All right. Well, uh, if you want to, um, I don't know, learn more about what a cool champ Jerry is, you can email us at BrewsdayTuesdayPodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at BrewsdayTuesday. You can comment on our links at BrewsDayTuesday.com. Don't let the bastards get your TP. See everybody next week. Bye. Jerry, now you say bye. See you later. Uh, Sam, it was so good to see you. Thanks for having me again. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Damn it, Jerry, you're so nice. Bye. Comes up here, catch all your tears. Drink the remedy, forget about your problems. Here comes the shot, lose all your thoughts. Drink the remedy, forget about your problems. This one's on me, fix you for free. Drink the remedy, forget about everything. This one's on me, got what you need. And take your medicine, you feel better, friend. For tonight's outro, uh... Here is the six-minute video from Facebook that Tyler sent us, the audio of which, in its entirety. Enjoy. Hell yeah. Rock on, baby. This is a great little montage here. People talking. Some nice little bridge we got here. Delaware State Parks, your outdoor adventure starts here. Hello, everybody. My name is Tyler Driblet. Yes, Tyler I'm the Programs Manager here at Fort Miles. Fuck me. And today we're going to be discussing the crown jewel of the Fort Miles Museum, our 12-inch gun. The 12-inch gun is something you really only get to see if you come on one of our tours, but with so many people stuck at home, we thought we'd bring it to you today. Unfortunately, this is not the original gun that was here during the 1940s. When the army withdrew in the late 1940s, they took basically all of the metal in here, including the guns, and they sold it for scrap to try to recoup some of the cost of World War II. So almost all the guns you see on site today we got from the Navy. They're the same time period, they're the same caliber, they're just slightly different models. Something else that wouldn't have been here in the 1940s is the big glass front. This gun needs to be able to move in order to aim, so you can't have anything blocking that off. That means as hot or as cold as it was outside, that's as hot or as cold as it was inside. This wasn't necessarily the most glamorous of home front postings. In the winter, you have to deal with the wind and the snow. In the summer, you've got the sand and the bugs. But it was a very important posting. If you wanted to fire this gun, the first people in the room would be the shell team. They'd come in with their artillery shell and a pulley system attached to this railing we see above us. They would bring that shell into place and lower it down into what's known as the shot cart. The shot cart would line the shell up with the barrel, making it really easy for your ramming team to go ahead and ram that shell home where it needs to be. Oh, this is so sexual. Once that's done, your shell team would get out of the way because hot on their heels comes the powder team with their powder tray. Your powder team would line your tray up with the barrel, and again, that would get rammed home. Rammed. 
Once shell and powder are in there, it's time to seal the breech. And we do that by operating what's known as the breech block. This 12-inch gun is so big that just the breech block right here weighs one ton. But you can see it doesn't actually take that much effort for me to get this thing moving. That's me moving 2,000 pounds, and it's not like I'm the world's strongest parks employee. No, dude. This gear system right here is really well designed, built, maintained. If you watch some of the old 40s training films, you will be amazed at the speed the guys get these things closed. Every time I watch it, I feel like they're just going to blow their shoulders out. They're cranking so incredibly fast. <laughs> As this is being sealed, we've got a group of soldiers standing over by the telephones. They're getting calls from the plotting room, letting them know how they have to aim their gun. But imagine how loud it would have been in here in the 1940s. Dozens of men running around, equipment and machinery making noise. You wouldn't have been able to just yell those numbers over. So instead, the guys by the phones wrote those numbers on the chalkboards you see. That way, the men manning the gun could look over, see what number they had Dude, to dial into, and sucks. go about their business without adding to all the confusion in here. This gun was aimed using a, ser a series of gears, so we had one gentleman standing near the front. He would operate a wheel that would elevate and depress the barrel of your gun. And we actually had three guys underneath the gun operating a hand crank that would move your barrel left and right. So that's how you aim this thing. Once you're loaded and aimed, it's time to fire. Your trigger man would normally fire this gun by pushing down on a big lever. That lever would complete an electric circuit, the circuit would throw a spark onto your powder and set off your gun. So electricity was very important to Battery 519. But let's say for some reason the electricity wasn't working. We could still fire this gun off. In that case, your trigger man would take a big long piece of rope called a lanyard, he would attach it to a little device called a friction primer sitting up here. Looks like he would then step out a couple feet, wind that lanyard around himself and give a good sharp turn. And the force of his turn would engage the friction primer, kind of like flint knocking against steel, manually throwing a spark onto the powder that would then set off your gun. Either way he does it, I feel pretty bad for the trigger man because hearing protection wasn't mandatory or standard until 1953. During World War II, when you fired off this gun, you turned your back to it, you covered your ears, opened your mouth real wide, and you hoped. But your trigger man, whether he's pushing down on that lever or he's turning with that lanyard, he can only block off one ear at a time. So he basically has to choose which ear he wants to hear out of for the rest of his life. Again, not the easiest posting, but a very important one. I think I mentioned that this was a naval gun, and on naval ships, they didn't really have room for the big uh, lever. So instead, they used a slightly simpler electric trigger. And we've kept their trigger as a little bit of an homage, and we've also rigged it up to give you something of a simulation of what it's like when this gun went off. So, three, two, one. All of that noise that you just heard was less than 10% of what this gun actually sounded like when it went off. So take all of that noise, multiply it by 10, and now you have some idea of the power that these guys were dealing with here. We always like to end with a big bang, so I'm going to start wrapping things up. I hope you have a better understanding of 12-inch guns and their purpose here at Fort Miles, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. God, you're fucking dweeb, dude. Oh, my God.